And that's what I want to preach about for a little while tonight. The first and great commandment. Well, hallelujah. Are you tired of hearing this? Don't ever get tired of hearing it, church. But hang on for a little while because I may say more than what you think I'm going to say. Well, hallelujah. Put your Bibles down. Lift your voices. Lift your hands. Let's talk to the Lord right now. Everybody, let's talk to the Lord. Come on. Reach out to him right now. Lord in Jesus name let's worship him everybody come on let's praise him everybody let everything that hath breath let everything that hath breath let everything that hath breath praise the Lord hallelujah amen God bless you you may be seated. There is no question that God doesn't want just anything. God wants the first things. I know that you know this church, but bear with me as I remind you what the scripture says. Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. The first of the first fruits bring into the house of God. Exodus 34, 26. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. The first of the first fruits. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God didn't want just any fruits. God wants the first fruits. God only promised that the barns would be filled with plenty, and our presses would burst with new wine if we honor him with our first fruits. God has essentially stated that if you'll give me the first, you can have the rest, and I'll bless it. God doesn't want your leftovers. God wants the first. I don't care what we're talking about. God doesn't want your leftovers. God wants the first. I ask you tonight, what was the problem at AI? Why did Israel lose their initial attempt at conquering that city? I'll tell you why. Because that city was God's city. Joshua chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed, when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. 
They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Now, it's interesting to me that the very same items carry two different adjectives in this verse of Scripture. Amen. They are accursed, and yet they are consecrated. How can the same thing be cursed and consecrated at the same time? I'll tell you how. It all depends on who gets it. If it's given to God, it's consecrated. If you it for yourself, it becomes cursed. Well, hallelujah. I'm preaching to you tonight, new life. It's only consecrated if you give it to God. But the minute you try to put your hands on it, the minute you try to control it, the minute you try to retain it, it becomes a curse to you. Jericho was the first city the Israelites conquered when they came into the promised land. And God said, everything in that city belongs to me. You keep your hands off of it. Everything in that city is consecrated to the work of God. And if you try to take of it, it's going to be a curse to you. Because that was the first. God didn't tell them, go conquer ten cities and give me one of them. God said, give me the first one. That's mine. The very first is mine. Are you hearing me tonight, church? Amen. And, and, and again, you know what was the problem with Cain's sacrifice. Why wouldn't God accept Cain's sacrifice? Genesis 4, 3 to 5. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Now look, I've heard people say this because there wasn't a blood sacrifice involved. But I'm just here to tell you, you can't find in the scripture where at this point God asked for a blood sacrifice. I believe there's something far different that's involved here. And it is this. The Bible says that Cain simply brought of the fruit of the ground. But it specifically says that Abel brought the firstling. For Abel, he gave God the first. Cain just gave God what he wanted to give him. God didn't accept what Cain wanted to give. He only accepted the first. I'm preaching to you tonight, saint of God. Amen. I'm telling you that God always wants the first. And we need to make up our mind that whatever we give God is going to be the very first. Our first conversation of the day ought to be with God. If it's just a brief statement, if it's just a few second conversation, I believe the first person you ought to talk to every day is Jesus himself. I think the first thing you rise ought to read of the morning ought to be the word of God. Give him the first. Give him the first. Give him the first. Amen. We worship God on the first day of the week. We give God the first tenth of our income. 
I'm just telling you, I'm so convinced of this that you, you parents uh, that, that are still having kids and, and, and you young people, when you get married, why don't you make it a, a premise and a principle of your life that the first place your baby goes to is the house of God. Before you take them to visit an aunt or an uncle or a sibling, take them to God's house. I'm going to tell you, I've made it a point with my children and my grandchildren. And anybody that's been there to witness can tell you, the first thing I do is grab them up and start quoting scripture to them. I want the first words they hear their grandpa to say to be the word of God. There's something about the first that it belongs to God. Hallelujah. The first is his. The first is his. There is redemptive power in first things. Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. It's mine. And then verses 12 and 13. That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's, and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. See, here is God's principle. When it comes to the firstborn, there's only two choices. You're either going to sacrifice it to God, or you're going to have to redeem it. There is no other option. Every time an animal brought forth, you either had to sacrifice the firstborn, or if the animal was unclean, then you had to get a clean, spotless lamb to redeem that animal. In other words, the firstborn, the clean firstborn was sacrificed. The unclean firstborn was redeemed. Sixteen different times the scripture declared that the firstborn belonged to God. No one else could have the firstborn. God doesn't want just anything. God wants the first. Knowing that, Matthew 6 and 33 ought to make a whole lot more sense to us when Jesus said this. But seek ye first. Seek ye what? Come on, church, help me a little bit. Seek ye what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else you need. Seek first. Seek first his kingdom. Before you seek a job, seek his kingdom. Well, I could preach a little while on that. You need to look for a job that will let you be in God's house. Seek first God's kingdom before you look for a job. Before you look for your education, look for God's kingdom. I'm telling you, it would be better for you to sacrifice your education and be in the house of God. He said seek first, not second, not third. First, 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 the kingdom. Seek it first. Seek it first. Seek it first. So does everybody agree with me that the first is always God's? There's something significant throughout the scripture about the first. There is a significance in, in, in God's eyes to the first. And so here we are tonight. As I preach the first 
message over this beautiful pulpit. And I'm telling you, when I began to consider what would be my first message over this pulpit, I didn't have any choice. I knew what I had to preach because this one's God's. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't believe there's anything better I can preach as a first than the first commandment. Oh, hallelujah. Now, we may have some kind of dedication service later on, but I'm telling you, as of tonight, it's dedicated to the message of the oneness of God. No Trinitarian is ever going to preach behind this pulpit. No false doctrine is ever going to go unchallenged behind this pulpit. Tonight sets the tone. This is the first. This one belongs to God. So having said all that, let's talk about the first commandment. In our text, we read where one of the religious leaders of Jesus' day asked the Lord a question. Matthew said that he had a very specific purpose behind his question. Matthew 22, verses 35 and 36. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? So he was tempting him. That is, he was trying both to test the Lord's knowledge of the law and to try to trip him up in his response. But I'm telling you, it didn't bother Jesus. It doesn't seem to me that he batted an eye. I don't think he even had to stop and think about it. I don't find where there was any hesitance in his response. As soon as the question was put to him, what is the great commandment? What is the first of all the commandments? Jesus knew exactly what it was. Let's read it again from Mark's gospel in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 31. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the, the Lord first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our is, God one Lord. is one Lord, and thou shalt, and love, thou shalt the love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the, this first, is the first commandment. Now, for whatever reason, Matthew cut it short and just took the latter part of that statement. But Mark chose to include everything here. He said, when Jesus was was asked what is the first and the great commandment Jesus response was it's Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 and 5 hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love that one Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might 
Matthew said, it's not just the first. But here's what he said. Read it again, 26 to 38. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. The question was, what's the great commandment? What's the great commandment? (laughs) Amen. And he said, this is it. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind. This is the first first and great commandment. The contemporary English version, the Good News Bible, God's Word translation, all say this is the first and most important commandment. This is the most important. And I'm telling you, even the man who was trying to tempt the Lord by asking the question had to admit that Jesus gave the right response. Mark 12, verses 32 to 33. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, well, master thou hast said the truth. Said the truth. For there is Why? One For there is one God. Somebody no ought to say here. that tonight. There's only one God. I want the devil to hear us tonight. There's only one God. I want this pulpit to always know that's the only message that's going to stand in this place. There's only one God. For there is one God. Read. And there's none other. And to love him with all thy but heart. He, and to love him with all thy heart. And with all thy understanding. With all thy understanding. And with all the soul. With all the soul. With all the strength. All the strength. And to love his neighbor. To love his himself, neighbor as himself is more than all more, whole burnt offerings it's more and sacrifices. Than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, Jesus said the first and most important of all commandments is Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Now, those two, even though it's two verses, it's one sentence. And yet, even though it's one sentence, there are two components. Even though it is one commandment, there are two parts. And I'm telling you that both parts are listed as the first and greatest commandment. We can't separate the two. You can't love God with all your heart if you don't believe there's just one God. I know people mean well that believe in a trinity, but I'm telling you, they don't truly love God with all their heart until they know who Jesus is. There's two parts to this. You've got to believe there's only one God. But I'm preaching to one God, people. That's not the end of the equation. You've got to do more than know there's only one God. You've got to love that one God with everything that is within you. Two parts to one great commandment. The first one is in verse 4. The second in verse 5. Let's take them very briefly Verse 4, the first part of the first commandment. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord our is, God one Lord. is one Lord. Church, this is the preeminent doctrine in the Bible. Every other doctrine we teach has to be based on this one. Jesus said this is the first great or most important commandment of all. Everything we know and understand about God 
must be built on this fact uh, that the God of Israel is the only Lord there is. He's not Allah. He's not Buddha. He's not Confucius. And he's not a trinity. The Bible is replete with scriptures that state that God is one. Not one in plurality as some have claimed, but one in number. Listen to Malachi 2 and 10. Have we not all one father? One father. Have not one God created us? Everyone say one God. Mark 12 and 32. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God. Everyone say one God. Romans 3 and 30. Seeing it is one God. Everyone say one God. 1 Corinthians 8 and 4. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. Everyone say one God. Galatians 3 and 20. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Everyone say one God. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. One Lord. One faith, one baptism, one God. Everyone say one God. I'm giving you just a few scriptures. I'm telling you, there is no trinity. There are not three persons in the Godhead. There's one God, and his name is Jesus. And that's the first commandment. And you can't go any farther. And you can't try to please God in any way. You're wasting your time on every other commandment until you get this one. This is it. To try to make more than one God out of him is to do him a horrible disservice. Isaiah 44 and 8. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. God doesn't know any. God, if you claim you know more than one God, then you're saying you know more than God does. Because God only knows one, and that's himself. He didn't say anything about there being anybody else there with him. He said, I don't know anybody else. I'm it. Tell me, how in the world could three people be omnipresent? Well, hallelujah. I'm preaching to you tonight. The greatest commandment, the first commandment, the most important commandment is hear, O Israel. There's only one God. Somebody shout one God. Somebody shout one God. Come on, somebody shout it like you mean it. One God. Somebody shout it like you love that message. There's one God. As I said, there are two parts to this first commandment. The first part is verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But the sentence does not stop there. The commandment does not stop there. The second part is verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. It's not enough to know there's only one. You've got to love that one with all your heart. And with all, with all soul, your soul. And with all thy with might. all your might. I'm telling you, if we love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our might, it is going to affect our behavior. You want me to prove it to you? Let's do the same thing we just did. Go through some scriptures very rapidly here. Deuteronomy 10 and 12. 
And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy fear God. Fear the Lord thy God. To walk in all his ways. Walk in all his ways. To love him. To love him. And to serve, the, and Lord to serve the Lord thy God. all thy heart. Listen, don't tell me you love him if you're not willing to serve him. Deuteronomy 11 and 1. Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord love thy God. Love the Lord thy God. And keep his charge. And keep his charge. And his statutes. And his judgments. And his, judgments, and his, commandments, and his commandments. Always. Always. Deuteronomy 30, 16. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. Keep his, keep his commandments. And his statutes. And his, statutes, and his, judgments, and his judgments. That thou mayest live and Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God. Love the Lord thy God. Obey his obey voice. His voice and that thou must cleave unto him. him. Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. But take diligent heed to do the commandment. Do the, the commandment and the law. Which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your love God. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all his walk ways. Walk in his ways. Keep his, keep his commandments. Cleave, cleave unto him. Serve, serve him with all your heart and your soul. You say, I know, but all that's Old Testament. All right, let's. Make it New Testament. John 14 and 15. If you love, if me, you love me, keep my commandments. I'm telling you, you can't say you love God and still live like the world, dress like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, think like the world, go where the world goes. Watch what the world watches. Listen to what the world listens to. Treat one another the way the world treats others. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And hereby we do know that we know him. This is how we know we know him. If we keep his commandments. Yeah. People want to talk to me about accepting Christ as their Savior. They want to tell me they know the Lord. But here's how you know you know him. If you keep his commandments. If you're not keeping his commandments, you don't know him. Read. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. That man's a liar. And the truth is not in him. The truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word. But whoever keeps his word. In him verily in him is the love, of, is God the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are This is how him. we know. This is how we know because we keep his commandments. First John chapter 4, verses 20 to 21. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother... Whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Now, I could preach for a while about that. I'm going to tell you something, church. Don't tell me you've forgiven somebody when you still can't speak to them. Don't tell me you don't have aught against somebody when you don't want to be around them. You do have aught, and you need to get it prayed through. Until you can walk around. I'm going to tell you how you really know. My old pastor taught us this many years ago. And this just came to me. But I remember him teaching a lesson about the time when Jacob was running from Esau. But he found out Esau was coming. And Jacob spent the night that night wrestling with an angel until God changed his nature. And the interesting thing that the Bible says about Jacob is when he saw that brother that hated him. The Bible said when he saw his face. It was to him as the face of God. Look it up. The brother that hated him. The brother that wanted to destroy him. The brother that was trying to do him harm. You want to know how he really prayed through it? 
when he got to the place that he saw his brother's face as the face of God. Oh, I've forgiven them. Have you really? Then why won't you speak to them? I've forgiven them. Oh, have you really? Then why won't you shake their hand? Why do you avoid them? If you see their face as the face of God, you're not going to avoid them. You're going to run to them. Well, kind of threw that one in unexpectedly, didn't I? But I'm preaching to you about the first commandment. It's all right for us to shout about there's only one God, but that's not the end of that first commandment. We got to love that one God with all of our heart. And John tells us here that this is how we know that we have the love of God. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the love, of, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Verse 21. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. This commandment we have. First John 5, verses 1 through 3. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love By the children of God. this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God. When we love God. And keep his commandments. And we keep God's commandments. For this is, For the, this love is the love of God. For this is the love of God that we keep that his we commandments. Keep his commandments. This is This is the love of God that we keep God's commandments. Well, hallelujah. All right, where did my congregation go tonight? I'm preaching truth to you, and I'm preaching truth across this pulpit. In fact, doesn't that bring us right back to where we started in our text, where Jesus said there is a second commandment, and it's much like it, and that is you got to love your neighbor as yourself. Church, I'm going to tell you something. This is, as long as I'm alive, this is going to be a holiness church. But it's going to be holiness not just in externals. It's going to be holiness of the spirit. Holiness of the heart. Us loving one another. Us getting along. As long as I'm alive, this is going to be a one God church. It's going to be a Jesus name church. It's going to be a tongue talking church. It's going to be an aisle running church. It's going to be a hand clapping church. But it's going to be a neck hugging church. It's going to be a hand shaking church. It's going to be a brother loving church and a sister loving church. This is the first and great commandment. Musicians come. John said, if we can't, if we can't love our brother whom we have seen, there's no way we can love God whom we've never seen. So we can't keep the first commandment if we can't keep the second. I don't know what you expected tonight. This is what I feel like God wanted you to hear. Whatever else is ever preached across this, what the old timers used to call the sacred desk, whatever else is preached across this sacred desk, I want it to always be recorded 
in the annals of history that the first message was the first commandment. There's only one God and you got to love that God with everything that's in you. And every other message that's preached, every lesson that's taught, every message that's preached, every lesson that's taught, really, it all boils down to that first commandment. There's only one God. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. Because there's only one God. Well, hallelujah. That's why we're saved when we receive the Holy Ghost. Because there's only one God. It's not three persons. You don't get a third of God. There's only one God. And everything else that's ever preached here is an outcropping of the first and great commandment. Let's stand and lift our hands to the Lord tonight.